0: It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. First in 10 Colts, the plus 36-yard line. Got Going him. deep downfield.
2: Alec Pierce, touchdown. touchdown! That was a bomb! From Gardner Minshew to
3: Alec Pierce. His longest catch of the season. It covers 36 yards. And the
2: Colts answer right back. He keeps working, he keeps grinding. And then, you know, every you know it takes might
0: take some time every once in a while, but today was his opportunity and he made the most of it.
2: And then the Colts pocket.
0: And- blocks right there that's obviously that's a huge momentum change right there uh, for us um, but a testament to you know brian mason and joe hastings our special teams uh, coordinators you know getting those things wired up uh and obviously getting the blocks there were big and she goes out of bounds. lead receiver support to the right side backing the throat good protection hangs in there taking a shot for alec pierce down the sideline over the shoulder catch
2: And the end zone, Michael Pittman touchdown! Touchdown, Michael Pittman! Ball game! I N D Y! Michael Pittman
0: into the end zone from Gardner Minshew, and the Colts win, 28 in Nashville. Yes, sir. It's awesome to see our guys fight every single week uh, and just keep finding ways to win. Yes, sir. How about that? That game on Sunday, I guess it wasn't 1916 like we all thought on Friday. Hey, welcome in. As always, live from the drivehubler.com studio, it is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. We have Kylan in with us today. It's much nicer in here. No Mark Dighton today in beautiful Disney with his family. Welcome in. We got you for the next three hours. Colts winners, an unbelievable unmatched game, wild game on Sunday, and no doubt we'll talk about that for the next three hours. KB, a very good
2: morning to you, man. How about that? Still kind of in shock by it all, to be honest with you. Um, I I did think it was kind of... Apropos to tweet out that, uh, yeah, drunker than a bachelorette party on Broadway. (laughs) And and if you want to, I guess, continue that analogy, I would say the hangovers for the Colts and the Titans are equal on this Monday morning. But the Colts got the late night pizza. The Titans stayed at the bar and took two more shots. (laughs)
0: The late night, hot, the late night hot dog. I think there is a hot dog stand oh, that's somewhere hot dog on Broadway.
2: Everywhere yeah. on Broadway, and uh, the Colts made sure that they stopped and got that there. What a game in overtime! What a game! Um, just one of the wilder ones I've really ever seen. And the moral of it all, and the uh, W's and L's of it all, is that it's a four game win streak, and it's the longest since 2018. And it's a seven and five football team that got a lot of help yesterday as well. Uh, if you look at the playoff standings. And right now, this is a team that, you know, who would have thought? With five to go, Andy, they've already eclipsed their over-under in the win-loss. It's not the prettiest-looking thing. If the college football playoff committee (laughs) was picking NFL playoff teams, they would laugh at the Colts and they would move right on. But that's not how it works. Uh, You pick the seven teams that have the best records in each conference, and right now, the Colts sit in a great position. And again, they got help. And they, they, it might be backup quarterback galore until C.J. Stroud, if Kenny Pickett again hurt yesterday. So it was quite the week 13, to say the least. And we've got a loaded one, a loaded one, on this Monday morning. Uh, Rick Carlisle joining us at 7.40 ahead of tonight's in-season tournament quarterfinal inside of Greenbridge Fieldhouse. And Andy Sweeney at 8 o'clock, is he the most confident man in the state of Indiana? Kurt Signetti
0: going to join us, Indiana football coach, who apparently... Is all pro wrestler. I don't know where he got his <laughs> pro wrestling stuff from, but we got to dive into that as he told Purdue they sucked on Friday night. As in the State and Michigan, well, right? and Ohio State of Michigan. Uh, but we know they definitely hit football, do not suck. By the way, do you see the Ohio State quarterback put his name in the portal? The portal does open today, and I guess it's going to be insane. So
2: that'll be fun. Yeah, this is the <laughs> official uh, opening of the portal. Uh, last time we talked, Purdue was ranked number one and undefeated. Well, they lose late, 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 or late Friday night. That's my fault. Uh, yeah, I'll you, raise my hand on you that were, one. Did, you were just didn't even want to yeah. acknowledge Northwestern no, I as a potential him. upset. I
0: dismissed Bo Bowie. That's what I did on Boo Friday. Bo Bowie, sorry, I call him Bo. Well, whatever his name is, I dismissed him. He balled out. Uh, but yeah, like like you said, Wolf Carlisle coming up in about thirty five minutes. Uh, and then the head coach of Indiana, Kirk Signetti, will join us at eight o'clock. He did tweet out at like five forty-five. He's up working. He had a notepad of stuff written down, so we got to find out what's on that notepad as he's been all over Twitter uh, and everything else. But I, I got to be honest. I mean, that you rarely see a few of those things that happened yesterday. Kevin, you rarely see in one game, right? Let alone all of those things happen. Okay, you get a you know a blocked punt, a blocked punt for a touchdown. Okay, that doesn't happen. Okay, I've never seen two blocks okay, in one game. Yeah, okay. The very next one. Okay, now you get another punt blocked, and then on top of it, I mean that poor punter's leg. Oh God. Oh, you know it's not good when the when they a don't show it multiple times, even like on the red zone, and then you know it's not good when everyone in the stadium on replay goes ooh. When sixty five thousand people of both you know, fans of both teams end up groaning and moaning uh, at an injury, and then I mean even locally. You know, Pierce having such a big game, uh, definitely the best game of his season, perhaps career. It was always, I guess, going to come down to Minshew, something I want to dive into. But, I mean, you get the the touchdown on special teams, then you allow the two-point conversion the other way. I mean, these are things you don't see in a normal NFL game. But, man, I know it's generic analysis, KB, but... The team finds a way, and they found a way four straight games, and that's all that matters. You don't have to talk about the Colts, but if the playoffs started today, yet again, they'd be in.
2: Yeah, and again, big help yesterday with both Pittsburgh and Cleveland, the two wildcard teams right above Indy. Both of them lose to NFC teams. I mean, you you cannot script up a, a, a better Sunday for the Colts in regards to that. Um and then like you said you're sitting here at 7 and 5 and with the Kenny Pickett injury it could very well be for the next few weeks you know backup quarterbacks all the way till CJ Stroud in that s- season finale. Um, I I'm like where do we start? Do 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 you start Pierce? Do you start with the block punts? Do you start with Menchu? I I'm going to go with the block punts because in a game that was such a slog. Like I thought when we had got to late in the third quarter Andy, I was thinking to myself which defense is going to break? Which team's going to commit the back-breaking, the safety bites on a Henry run fake, or I guess a Zach Moss run fake, and then boom, all of a sudden, Levis hits a deep ball, or maybe Minshew strikes again with Alec Pierce. But when you got to that moment late in the third quarter, oftentimes in a game like that, a special teams play can be the difference. And you know, again, as a Notre Dame fan, I, I remember Brian Mason a whole lot at Notre Dame. He came from... South Bend, uh, it's his first ever NFL coaching job, and he takes over for Bubba Ventrone. And last year at Notre Dame, I think the number was, it's either seven or eight block punts they had in a 12-game season. That obviously is a huge, huge number. And so, in the back of my mind, I've kind of been waiting for, you know, is this something that, like, he does really well, and this is the like, norm for like, him? Like his calling card, right. right. But, like, again, who the hell just block punts, you know, week in and week out? Like, no one really does that, especially in the NFL. And Nick Cross, obviously... Has that block there. They overload the left side. And then just a great wrinkle, I thought, on the next one. Uh, when, when they kind of cheat Tony Brown a little bit in, he initially lines up like he's going to block that that gunner outside. And they do it to that Tennessee tight end who had just made the mistake on the previous punt. That guy had blocked outside on the previous punt. Cross got to the inside and blocked it. Well, what does he do on the next punt? He blocks inside, allowing Tony Brown to come untouched. And have you seen like two Easier blocks.
0: Like, both those blocks. Oh, they were walk-ins. They just took it off the punter's leg. Dude, it's unbelievable. Yeah,
2: they took it off the punter's leg and it's so bad that his leg snapped. The, oh God, <laughs> the poor man. guy. Oh, my God. oh, the poor punter. don't think I can laugh at that. <laughs> and the second one, Andy, they actually called a fumble. Right. They actually went back and officially uh, called it a, a fumble. So I thought that sequence. Obviously, what happens in overtime, the Pierce plays, Minshew taking a total 180 from, oh, my gosh, Sam Ellinger's got to start against the Bengals to Moxie by Gardner and in overtime all of that uh, again one of the wilder ones that I've I've ever seen you
0: know you said two names there and I wrote both names down Tony Brown and Nick Cross for different reasons. I mean, Cross is a guy, now he had, what did you, I think you tweeted this out this morning, 31 defensive snaps, so he played such a huge role Which is a on massive number teams. for him. Oh, I mean, that was his best game. I mean, yeah, you can go back to last year, but that's the best game of the young guy's career, what he did on special teams, and then you throw in the 31 snaps on defense. You know, that is a guy that we've been talking about, but it's also it, it's a name that's only been talked about because he hasn't played right? Right, KB? I mean, that's the only reason we brought up Nick Cross. And so, you know, he plays part hero. And then on top of it, you know, Tony Brown has been much maligned this season. Do we not remember about a month ago, whatever it was a month and a half ago, him standing at his locker dejected, uh, you know, when the Colts are coming off a loss. And so, you know, he got a little bit of a redemption story. And then on top of it, you know, you mentioned Gardner Minshew and no doubt the throws that he made to Pittman, the two long throws that he made to Pierce, those are going to be the highlights, okay? The game winner, uh, we understand Pittman, the move outside, the move inside, a little pick play, and boom, it's a touchdown, and it's a game winner and everything like that. But it was like, like it was going to, even though all the crazy special team stuff happened, right? To a certain extent, this was going to come down to Minchu because the Colts could not run the football on Sunday. Right, I mean, yeah. Zach Moss. Yeah,
2: Tennessee bullied uh, they, Indy to the they, they, uh, much better than they did. Yeah, in Week Yeah, five. I mean,
0: you go back to week five, whatever it was. The Titans were able to run the ball this time around. They were able to stop the run this time around, and it was one of those games where if Minshew didn't hit Pittman for all the big catches, if he didn't hit Pierce for the two uh, to, to the two long balls, you almost feel like it would have went the other way, right? He would have made a mistake or two that would have left you feeling empty at the end of this game, but hey, listen, I know there are some bad teams on this schedule upcoming, the four games that they've had, but the Colts, there is something about doing what you're supposed to do in sports. We have talked about that as an analogy with the Pacers. The Pacers didn't take care of the Hornets and the Bulls and teams like that and the Portland Trailblazers, and because of it, it stung last week. We brought up those games. Well, in the last month, the Colts have taken advantage, and they have done what they what they needed to do. And that is a skill in the NFL, and that is Steichens coaching in the NFL. And you can't say. I mean, listen, I, I'm the defense in the middle part of that game, the special teams throughout, and Minshew making I don't know, however, you know, five, six, seven big time throws. And the Colts are winners of four And You mentioned it. Kenny Pickett's missing time.
2: Yeah, two that to four weeks. Li- that just got lit up I yesterday. think it was the original original report. Well, just look at Pittsburgh. They didn't do they didn't do anything yesterday. they needed to. No. Well, just look at who they played. They At home against Arizona, that should be a win if you're a playoff right. team. And they didn't do that. The Colts are doing those things. Uh, and I'll bring up the golf analogy I brought up prior in these last four weeks. There's no picture on the scorecards. You know, you can debate how pretty of a win it looks. Uh, if this team is truly capable of whatever winning a playoff game, or now, if you look at the schedule, it is going to rise a little bit in that you're playing some kind of like-minded teams, sure, some other teams that have the backup quarterbacks that have won games this season, and you are kind of exiting a little bit of this tier, but still, you've put yourself in a position at seven and five, still have that seventh and final spot in the playoffs. Um, I thought Reggie Wayne actually had a very interesting tweet after the game yesterday uh, in regards to Alec Pierce. And uh, we will certainly get to that later. One thing I do want to mention on the Shane Steichen coaching front, this might be a little bit of a nerd coaching aspect, but I think it is something that Steichen did specifically yesterday that was a huge, huge part in the game. The Colts had three plays, Andy, over 25 yards yesterday. Obviously, the first touchdown to Pierce, the big play to Pierce in overtime, and then the crazy kind of end-around flea flicker to Kylan Granson. Each one of those plays came right after a Tennessee penalty. Mm-hmm. I don't think that is just happenstance by Shane Steichen. Agreed. You know, it was kind of funny. After the flea flicker, I had an NFL assistant coach uh, text me and say, oh boy, I see everyone fawning over Steichen dialing up that that play. That's a play that several teams have run this year. And it's fine that several teams have run that play, but it's when you run the play and if you look at that, that comes after an offsides penalty on a third and one. Andy, how many times do you see a big old fat defensive lineman go offsides on a third and one, and his teammates just undress him? I mean, they're they're bitching and moaning at this guy. Get off the field. It's a ten commandment of don't do's if you're a defensive lineman. You're only lineman. here in short yardage. You know, get back on the sideline and come back in during goal line. Watch the ball. And so when that happens for twenty or thirty seconds. And all of a sudden, you've got hands on hips, and guys are just kind of lackadaisical. Communication probably isn't as proper leading into the next play. Boom, what happens? You do the crazy flea flicker thing. Granson's wide open. Go back to the first play to Alec Pierce. Yeah, the personal foul. Kayvon Wallace celebrates (laughs) in front of the Colts bench. What do the Titans do? The Titans actually benched him on that play. That is a starting safety that they took off the field for the next play. What happens? Colts go over the top at that safety, and then look at the overtime play. Sean Murphy bunting commits the illegal contact on Michael Pittman, the play prior. What do the Colts do in the very next play? They go right at Murphy bunting. This time, Alec Pierce is opposite him, and they hit the deep ball. That stuff will not show up in the box score necessarily, but again, that is Shane Steichen, chess over checkers. Of uh, Everyone's got big plays that they want to dial up over the course of a game in their playbook, but a lot of it boils down to When do you dial those up? Minshew's not a guy that's going to survive seven-step drops all game long and and airing it out. The flea flicker's not something that you're going to do three times in a game. But when you pick and choose those spots, it's another sign of Shane Steichen giving the Colts a great, great advantage. And now his football team is sitting here at 7-5 and with five weeks to go. And I guess kind of a big one tonight. I think you want Jacksonville. To beat Cincinnati tonight, if you're the Colts and you look at the wild card oh, you, picture. you absolutely I do. I know there's probably a Colt fan or two that says, wait a minute, if Jacksonville starts slipping up, could you know, get back in the divisional race? I, I think that's a tad greedy to go down that path, but that will be Monday Night Football as it will be Cincinnati on a short week here uh, with the Colts coming up. In week four. Well, it's even
0: worth mentioning before we take our first break here. And Kylan, I don't know if you if you have ever been a part of these, but I'm in a big eliminator league, KB, uh-huh. and I have the Jags tonight. So Ooh. when we talk about the Jaguars winning, I hate to do this to the Colts fans, but I would I would appreciate if we could all set aside our hatred for the Jacksonville Jaguars. you are gonna Dun- be sweating that one tonight. Doug Dunn-
2: Peterson, come on! No in season tournament on. for Andy Sweeney tonight. No, I'll be yeah. locked
0: into both. That's why he's, I have the two TVs
2: and the iPad. He's got Jags and Bengals on his mind. He is Andy Sweeney and Kylan Talley in for Mark Dykton this week as Mark is in Disney and a loaded one on this Monday morning. We'll continue to talk a lot of Colts and recapping that wild one in Nashville, but from a guest standpoint, Rick Carlisle at 740 and Kurt Signetti. I'm just picturing him lighting up like stogies in that first big team meeting here on this Monday morning. If words could talk, Indiana's just won the Rose Bowl here over the last 72 hours. We will talk with the Colts, head, or the Colts head coach, the new IU football coach coming up at 8 o'clock. Good Monday morning to you. Thank you for spending that with us. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy right here on at 93.5-107.5 The Fam.
1: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
0: It's a feel-good Monday in here. It's a winning Monday around here on the fan. We appreciate you reacting with us. It's the wake-up call, KB and Andy. We got you until 10 o'clock. Reminder, new Indiana football coach Kirk Signetti, going to be joining us uh, at the top of the eight o'clock hour. We'll get back into all the Colts discussion uh, and much uh, more here over the next three hours. It's a day early, but a big one tonight in Game Bridge, the in-season tournament. Celtics and Pacers will have it right here on The Fan and to preview that and to talk about the weekend that was Rick Carlisle, Pacers head coach, joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, good morning. How are you today, sir? Doing well, thank you. Well, thank you for joining us here day early on a Monday. Before we get to the Celtics tonight and uh, the uh, the in-season tournament and everything else, uh, you guys lost one, then you won one, and you responded with no Tyrese Halliburton uh, the other night against the Heat, a big 15-point win. What did you like about your team coming off that loss and then making adjustments and playing so well on Saturday night? Well,
3: a very determined response. Um we needed to do a lot of things better defensively. Uh, we had a good start in the first game of the of the two-game series um, and then faltered, really, in the last quarter and a half. And uh, in game two, um, you know, the idea was to make certain adjustments, to be more consistently physical, uh, more consistently in a, of an attacking mindset, and, um, you know, just keep playing the game. We, we were behind – Gosh, you know the entire first quarter, um, a pretty good chunk of the second, and just, but just kept playing, and so it's really it's really the template for what we're going to need to do tonight against Boston. Uh, you know, Boston routinely plays from in front, and uh, you know whatever happens at the beginning of the game, whether. Whether we, can get a, whether we can get a lead or whether we're around, around even or whether we're a little behind, we, we've got to play like we're 10 down um, and just keep attacking and just keep attacking and, and just keep playing our style, um, involve each other, um, and just keep playing together.
2: Again, Rick Carlisle is with us here. I feel like that's one we'll look back on at the end of the year and think that was one of the more impressive wins uh, uh, on Saturday night, even though it gets lost a little bit in the weekend shuffle. Coach, uh, I mentioned this last week, April 2019, the last time Gamebridge Fieldhouse has hosted a playoff game. You strike me as a pretty even keel individual, but I'm curious, like, emotion-wise, does this morning, did going to bed last night, did thinking about tonight, does it come close to... You know, a, a playoff type of feel, or am I making too much of it?
3: Well, you know, on December 3rd or 4th, whatever this is, um, you know, this is the closest thing you're, you're going to get, probably, to um, a playoff type situation. I mean, for the way the NBA is structured right now, I mean, this is this is the ultimate... Um, during the season game or in season game. And so, uh, it's a great opportunity. Um, it's going to be exceedingly difficult. I mean, this is a great team. This is the, this is the team with the best record in the NBA. And so, uh, you know, we've drawn uh, a difficult matchup. We've, we've earned it, um, you know, by, by winning all four games of our group. Um, but at this stage, you know, this is, this is where all the good teams are. So, we're in the final eight um, and you're going to be in some difficult company, some good company. And so uh, we'll, we'll just look, look forward to the opportunity.
2: I know he didn't play on Saturday night. You expect Tyrese Halliburton to play tonight?
3: Well, I, I certainly hope so. I, we don't know for sure. Uh, I think he's listed as questionable. Um, he came down with a, you know, a non COVID illness and, um, three days ago, and uh, it it elevated itself pretty quickly, and he was feeling better, um, you know, the night after the game. Uh, Isaiah Jackson went through something similar over the past several days. So we'll hope for the best. Um, I expect that he probably, you know, I I don't see him missing this game, but uh, we'll see how, how Mother Nature feels about it tonight at 7.30.
0: Rick Carlisle, with us here on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Uh, we know what happened that first time around in Boston. You played without Halliburton. We'll see, obviously, if he is back tonight. Porzingis is going to be out on the Boston side. What can you get from that earlier matchup that you can apply to tonight's game? Do you think, if anything?
3: Yeah, that's a <clears throat> that's a very good question. Um, you know, the first half we in, in going back and looking at it. Um, the way the game ended up, it it felt like it was just an onslaught just totally from start to finish. Uh, We actually did some good things in the first half. The third quarter got very ugly. And so um, I, you know, we, we just got to, we've got to personalize it and, um, you know, head into tonight with, with the, with the understanding of what it's going to take to, to stay close and give ourselves a chance at the end. And that is, you know, to to play um, in you know a, an inspired brand of basketball. Obviously, um, hard play is going to get our fans into it. Uh, that's going to be a, a, a very very important aspect of tonight. Um, it's a little odd having you know being in the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament and and having it on a Monday night. You know, just <laughs> just seems a little unusual. Um, but I expect our our crowd to be. Uh, to be awesome tonight, and and it's on us to get them into it. So you know, all those things are, are certainly going to play into it. And uh, and again, we're we're looking forward to the opportunity.
2: Uh, he passed Frank Vogel for the most Pacers wins in NBA history. Rick Carlisle did that on Saturday night uh, in that victory in Miami. Coach, Noah Porzingis tonight for the Celtics. Obviously, Al Horford uh, is there a, a kind of big and then, of course, we know it's wings galore with Boston. Just from a defensive standpoint, um, how do you kind of counter a team that has so much interchangeable with those wings, so many capable guys one-on-one and the versatility that they bring on that offensive end of the Floor.
3: Yeah, and, you know, their real ace in the hole is their three point shooting. I mean, I think they're shooting more threes and making more threes than anybody in the league right now. And and, and they may even be on a historic pace. I don't know that for sure. But in the first game, they just. You know, they started the game off just jumping over us and knocking in threes. And so um, they're going to have to feel us more tonight uh, physically. I thought from game one to game two of the little mini-series that we had with Miami, um, our physicality was, was much more consistent in the second game than it was in the first. And we and we carried it through, you know, for 48 minutes. And it's going to be essential tonight. I mean, you know, you're talking about Tatum and Brown, both You know, two all-star slash all NBA players, Um, Drew Holiday, who's one of the best defensive players in the league, and a guy that can, you know, on a given night score thirty or forty points as he did it with us last year. Derek White's having a great year, Um, and you know, no Porzingis is, I I suppose, is is a break for us, but uh, you know, Horford's no picnic either, and and Horford's probably a more versatile defender, so. You know, it's, it all adds up to um, a great opportunity, but, but a difficult one. And so uh, there's a lot of things to prepare for.
0: Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. A couple more minutes. Pacers head coach again tonight in Cambridge. Our coverage here on the fan. Buddy Heal just 4 of 21 from 3 the last 3 games. and I know I'm kind of picking those stats uh, out of the air. He has struggled, though, from beyond the arc. We know he's a great shooter coach. What, what if anything, do you do? to kind of get him going or is it just something that confidence wise he'll shoot himself out of the slump seemingly?
3: Just keep putting him out there. You know, it's <laughs> it's gonna Keep going. <laughs> a guy a guy that shoots the ball that well is 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 gonna make shots, you know, eventually. And one one thing about him, he is he is undaunted. Um, you know missed shots don't don't bother him. And I thought I thought he played one of his best defensive games of the year on Saturday night in Miami, uh, he was physical. He uh, was in great position. He created problems, and even though he didn't play particularly well from an offensive standpoint in terms of shot making, uh, he was a plus twenty when he was on the floor. And guys like him, they they change uh, they change the geometry of the game because you know teams are going to put you know a guy on him and and just. Really, simply commit someone to him all over the floor. Um, it's one of the reasons that, uh, in, on many nights, he doesn't get a lot of uh, of, of easy open shots. But it's uh, it's very much the Reggie Miller effect. Um, when Reggie was out on the floor, uh, it was it was like a four on four game. You know, um, away from him, which which opens up space for a lot of teammates. So uh, tonight, we need Buddy to just stay stay with his process. Um, you know, he's a guy that's uh, you know, like like Tyrese. You know, has not these guys have not played in in the NBA playoffs? So this is an opportunity to play in, in a simulation type game. You know, in December, so uh, I'm sure those two guys will be uh, very excited for tonight, as will all of us.
2: Again, Rick Carlisle is with us. It is Pacers and Celtics, 7.30. It's a little bit later of a tip time than we're used to for a home game. But it is the in-season tournament coming up tonight in the quarterfinal. Coach, last one for me. Um, Tyrese Halliburton specifically has been pretty outspoken about the lack of nationally televised games that he's experienced in his career. He will get one tonight on TNT. I, I, I don't know. You typically hear from coaches, you know, ignore the noise. We don't care about that stuff, blah, blah, blah. It seems like your guys and your best player cares about it. Could you speak to maybe how the locker room or the players inside of your building, um, look at tonight's game when you think about it from a national standpoint?
3: Well, this is an opportunity that they've earned, um, you know, winning all four games in our group play in this, in this tournament with, with all the attention that's been on each game and, you know, a really heightened competitive level, um, You know, it's uh, it's a credit to them that they've put themselves in this in this circumstance. Um, But here's the thing about tonight: it's 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 a game where uh, because it's on national TV, because it's um, an in-season quarterfinal game, um, you know those things are are significant. But it's going to come down to hard, aggressive, ultimate team play, and. The thing we did the other night so well in Miami, adjusting from game one to game two, we took a lot of the emotion out of what was going on out there. Um, You're in Miami. You're in a tough building. You're playing against a physical team. Um, You've got to keep your emotions in check. You've got to, you know, strap in for the long haul. I mean, each quarter is long. Uh, an NBA game is exceedingly long. It's over two and a half hours for 48 minutes. And so you just got to brace yourself, you know, at every timeout for, to prepare for the next, you know, whistle to whistle stretch. So it's five minutes to start the game and then there'll be a timeout. Then it'll be four minutes and a timeout and then three minutes in the quarter. And then it'll go five, four, three again. And that'll, that'll happen four times. Um, We've got we've to kind of lose the whole awareness that it's a national TV game. It's an, it's, an, it's an NBA game, and we have to play Pacer basketball better than they play Celtics basketball, and that's going to be our task.
2: Coach, congrats on the win Saturday night, passing Frank Vogel on that all-time NBA list for the franchise, and I think it'll be a hell of an atmosphere tonight inside of GameBridge Fieldhouse. So enjoy that, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week.
3: Okay, appreciate it, guys.
2: Take care. It's Rick Carlisle, Payless Less Liquors hotline right there. Again, Andy, I've said it all along. Uh, April 2019, last time Gamebridge, or I guess Indian General, whatever, Banker's Life, has hosted a playoff game. Uh, he's right. This team has earned it. Uh, amidst all kind of the up and down and the poor defense, they have earned it, uh, this opportunity tonight, and uh, really looking forward to the environment.
0: You think Carlisle has any fun in South Beach when he's there after coming off a loss, or do you think it's just all basketball? Probably, uh, Boy, probably. That's, uh, that's a great question. <laughs> probably no steakhouse on yeah. uh, on Saturday after yeah. coming off a there loss. There wasn't such a big game tonight. Maybe,
2: maybe we could have slid that one in there. Three nights oh, on South Beach. Yeah. It's gonna be
0: a good one, man. Seven o'clock tonight. Our coverage here: Pacers,
1: Celtics on the Fan. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Keycinta, Ofatumumab twenty milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kisimta and check out the details at Kisimta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
0: Our number two, appreciate Rick Carlisle joining us last segment. We'll dive back into the Colts' discussion. A wild, a crazy, and unpredictable game, but fourth straight now for the Colts. We'll dive into that, but you heard the rejoin there. Kurt Signetti, the new head coach, Indiana football, and he joins us here, top of the eight o'clock hour, on the fan. Coach, first of all, good morning. Second of all, congratulations. And third, I got to begin the interview with this. Uh, whether it's at uh, JMU when you took the mic from Pat McAfee or had the mic the other night there in Bloomington, uh, you have some pro wrestler vibes when you get that microphone, Coach. Where did you get that from?
4: I think it comes with age. You know, when you're 62 years old, you tend to uh, not screen your thoughts quite as much and you say (laughs) whatever you want because, you know what I mean? Uh, But really, you know, that statement was uh, just so untruthful because – I take a back seat to my wife every single day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? Andy and I have our hand raised as well, Coach, (laughs) on that. Um, I I do want to ask one more about those comments Friday night. When did it hit you Friday that you were going to do that? Like walk out there on the floor. (laughs) When did it cross that 62-year-old mind of yours that watch this? I'm going to say Purdue. And you know what? Let's throw Michigan and Ohio State there as well.
4: Probably when I was like three feet from the center of the court. Like I figured I could wave my hand and everybody could just sit down and give me a light clap, mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. you know. But that's what really wasn't what I was put out there for. I was put out there to get a reaction. So I figured, <laughs> okay, let's go.
2: Well, you certainly you got, got that. One, yeah. And I saw Ryan Walters chimed in on Twitter <laughs> as well. So the bucket game already adding a little spice here some 11 months early. Uh, okay, first order of business. You know, we saw the tweet earlier this morning, you got team meeting. The notepad was out. What does this week look like as you get into your first full week as the head coach of the Hoosiers?
4: Yeah, that was about an hour into the day, too, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, th- uh, these transitions are really uh, – you know, you got a lot of balls in the air. And, uh, but fortunately, I've done this a few times, so you know exactly what needs done, so there's no, like, sense of panic or, uh, you know, there's no anxiousness on my part. You know what I mean? Um sort of a methodical process. What complicates it a little bit nowadays is the portal, you know, an NIL, um, which you didn't deal with before. And, and uh, most of these places, when they turn over a new head coach, you know, about half their starters go in the portal. And so you're, you're not – you're trying to retain your good players, and then you're also trying to acquire new players – and, and that's besides the high school component and getting to know your roster and getting to know the people and trying to find your way to work and, you know, where do I go and get water at and where's the coffee machine?
0: It's interesting that you say that. Uh, I'm about three and a half months into the job. I didn't know we even had a coffee machine until Friday, uh, Coach. I didn't know. So, so if you know, I uh, so I know how you feel. Kirk Signetti with us. Okay, you mentioned about retaining players. We'll dive into NIL. We know the portal this morning opening up is going to be wild, but retaining players. How do you do that? What is your pitch to tell these guys? Hey, come back, Indiana football. We got something cooking here. I'm a winner.
4: I win and I, and I have the blueprint and it's player friendly. The players enjoy the way we run the program. We have high standards and expectations and accountability, but we treat them with trust and respect. We get results. Everybody wants to win. There's nothing like singing the fight song in the locker room or, or celebrating with your teammates and then leaving the locker room and seeing your parents and going out to dinner with them. That's what it's all about. Winning develop uh, forms great relationships Uh, with your teammates' great memories. Uh, It puts people in the stands, and uh, it gives every player maximum exposure. You want to be all-conference. You want to be all-American. You want to be part of a winner. We're going to turn this thing around. It's a process, one step at a time, no self-imposed limitations. There's no magic formula. I can't wave a magic wand, and everything today is okay. All right, but I've been down this road before, and we don't have to be where, uh, where I want us to be today. We just need us to be there when we leave that locker room for the first game.
2: If I had one-tenth of the confidence of Kurt Signetti, I might have gone home not alone from the bars a few more times at, uh, <laughs> at, at, in Bloomington than I did when I was an undergrad. Uh, the very confident Kurt Signetti joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, uh, Pam Whitten said on Friday that when she asked you what your secret sauce was, uh, the, the phrase she used was, you mentioned, you wage a tenacious battle against complacency. Could you expand on that?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, kind of relentlessly uh, pursue and against complacency. You you know, in this business, really, anybody can beat anybody. And, like, Indiana lost six games last year by one score. And, you know, a football game, a lot of times, three or four plays decided. Like, our last game of the year, for instance, at JMU, right? We beat Coastal, like, 57-14 or something like that but early in that game, it was nothing, nothing. Okay. And we threw a swing pass to a uh, running back and the end peeled and he had his hands on the ball. And if he would have caught the ball, he would have scored a 60 yard interception return. And that would have been a totally different game. Right. So, um, the margin for error is thin. That is my point. And, uh, so you got to have the right mindset, uh, going into the game and throughout the week in your preparation. Now that is not normal to do when you play 12 regular season football games with one week off, because human nature, you know, like Mike Krzyzewski said, when he retired, his biggest enemy was human nature and human nature is such that if you win a big game, you feel good, right? You feel good on Saturday in the locker room, Sunday, Monday. Well, you know, by Monday now, my job is to make sure everybody's humble and hungry and, and doesn't have the warm fuzzies. So, uh, and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? And it all starts with me and then my staff and then trickles down to the players because you got to have the edge every Saturday. Look, the first three games or so, every team shows up ready to play. After that, it's who's ready to play, Okay. Normal is average. If you want to be great, you have to have unusual focus, preparation, and commitment. And you gotta be able to say no and do what you need to do, not what you want to do consistently.
2: That tweet from Kurt Signetti fired off at five forty six AM this morning. He said that was an hour into his Monday morning, <laughs> so that would be four forty six when the day got started there for the new IU football staff. You mentioned transfer portal. I, I don't know if, if this is even something that kind of crossed your mind, and I get that it's very fluted, uh, fluid. Excuse me. Ideally, percentage of your roster, how much would that be portal and how much would that be high school?
4: I think you look across the country right now, you know, you're looking most teams, most teams across college football are 30% plus transfers. That, that may not be what everyone ideally would like, and I think long-term, you build that foundation and you build that program through the high schools, right? But then you got to supplement those needs through the portal because you may lose guys unexpectedly, and then you have to replace an immediate need, right? So you have to be able to thrive in the portal. And we talk about building a program, but let's face it, guys. Nowadays, social, I mean, everybody wants instant gratification. You gotta build seasons, which then build a program.
0: Kirk Signetti with us, new IU football coach. Uh, Coach, I I have a feeling we're going to like you. Uh, You're candid. uh, You're up front. You're great with the microphone. I have a feeling this is going to be fun, Uh, and you're going to have to rally the troops here to give money. NIL such a huge component. I know Indiana is really trying to catch up on the football side. Do you have ideas? If so, what ideas are you brainstorming right now uh, with the people there, the staff in Bloomington, to get NIL cooking for the Hoosiers?
4: It, it didn't cook and it's done. We're there. You know, and, and part of what I got to do is change the way people think, my players, people around the program, okay, and people outside the program because there's a perception that, that people won't give to football. We have, the ante's been upped. The figure is there. It's a very highly competitive figure within the Big Ten Conference.
2: He's Kurt Signetti. He's with us here uh, again on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, what's been the most surprising thing that's come across your desk in the first 48, 72 hours on the job?
4: My office view.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's not too bad. I was looking at it.
4: I I, I look outside, and there's the stadium. There's the new nutrition area, the new academic center, all these new facilities that were built. I mean... uh, you know, I could put three or four people up here for a week uh, in my office, and they would be very comfortable.
2: <laughs> well, there's probably a lot it of places. It is a
0: nice view. What's the timeline on a staff? We've heard, obviously, some names coming from JMU. What, uh, what, you know, What is your staff going to look like here in the next few days, do you think?
4: Staff's done. I got one to hire. Uh, when I get off the phone with you guys today, they'll do their paperwork for payroll. Um and uh, we're up and humming. I got one to hire. And, and all, I, most of the support personnel recruiting department is in place. I won't uh, move on them very quick. I'll evaluate what we have here, get through the recruiting cycle, the signing date in February, and then see where we need to go from there.
2: Did I see you've got the craziest individual I know and Pat Koontz coaching your D-line? Well, you know, he really
4: settled down. You know, he got married. He, he's got a child. He's got another one on the way in about seven days. So, uh, and then, you know, I, I sort of molded them a little bit. I have, I have a certain, like, little formula for molding people, you know. What's on that
2: formula? It's not a real comfortable
4: process, by the way.
0: And, uh, What's the he's formula? He's not
2: an easy one to mold, coach.
0: Well, well, I want to know the formula. What's your moldable formula, I guess, coach, if you don't mind? Can you give us some
4: of those well, pointers? You know, someday we'll sit down and talk about
2: okay. it. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Last one for me, and again, Kurt Signetti's with us here, the new IU football coach. Um, you know, it's probably fair to say, in many Ways IU's been the laughing stock of college football, certainly power conference football for several decades now. Why did you want this job?
4: I've turned one around like this already. They had a worse record. This is just a bigger stage. Uh, I'm all about winning. You know, I'm a football guy. My hobby's football. I'm football and family. Um, and uh, you know, this is doable, this is gonna get done. And uh it's on it's on the biggest stage there is. The Big Ten Conference is the best conference in the country. We've got the best TV build in the country. It's it's you know, its ascension continues uh, at a fast pace. And uh, I'll be honest, you know, I could have stayed at JMU. Had a contract till 2030. I was loved. Probably would have built a statue for me. I Was one of the winningest coaches in college football. But uh, I needed this challenge to keep growing. My, it got my juices flowing. And I, I tell you, I haven't had a bad moment since I've been here. Now, we haven't played a game yet, but uh, we're going to have fun this fall, too.
0: What went into the conversation around coaching the, the bowl game there at JMU? I think early on it was the thought process that you were going to do that. Now
4: it's you're not going to do that. What happened there? I think it was a natural process, to be honest with you. You know, I think the athletic director at JMU, his comfort level when this happened, and we had a great – still do, and we're great friends, was, you know – that I would coach the bowl game. But, you know, the way this process really works, when you take a new job, I mean, you've left your old job. And you have to devote 100% of your time to your new job because there's a million things to do. And, like, for me and my staff to show up two days before the bowl game wouldn't make any sense. And, you know, they've had kids go in the transfer portal there, good players, really good players. And they're in a transfer portal, so they're they're open, it's open season. And um, I think as, as time went on, the leadership at JMU realized what's the sense of, you know, this, there's no sense in this. And from my standpoint, um, while I have a strong emotional attachment to those guys, uh, I think to do them right, to do them right, they need to be coached by the existing members there. They're going to hire a new head coach soon that will bring a staff in. That will watch what's going on. They'll hire some people on a temporary basis that have coached collegiately, and, and that gives them the best chance to be successful.
2: Coach, congrats. Uh, Mother Bears for your first mm. staff lunch is the route I would go here coming up uh, later today. I know a lot, a lot is on your plate, not just the Mother Bears, hopefully, uh, but appreciate the time here on this Monday morning.
1: All right, guys, be good.